Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about digestion and some top herbs that benefit and build health in the digestive process. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. Well, I'm excited to be back after a short hiatus, at least of a week. Life has been quite full and I've been pretty tired uh, getting back into full swing with the gardening season and mothering and I went on a big camping trip and um, here comes summer. Let's go. So I am... Excited to be back on the pod. Thank you for um, your patience in in having a week off for all of my regular listeners. And so today I really wanted to dive into the digestive process and what we can do to help support and build health. Some really easy things that we can just help to maintain healthy digestion or if our digestion is does not feel healthy or if we have some issues with it, what are some basic things that can quite possibly help to bring it back to health and some top herbs. And I'm inspired to talk about this today because I am starting an in-person workshop series starting next week uh, on Wednesday. So if you're local to me, uh, this coming Wednesday from... 1015 to 1215 in Stonington at the Garden Project. I'm going to be talking about digestion and the top herbs for digestion. It's kicking off a summer series based on my book, Drinkable Healing Herbal Infusions, where we'll pretty much be going through the chapters of the book, um, one chapter per class, and highlighting some of the herbs in the book while we are sitting amongst herbs in the herb circle garden. So we'll get some physical connection with the plants and then we'll make some recipes from the book. So I thought it'd be fun just to um, have a little warm up today on the podcast, uh, talk about some things I'll be talking about in the workshop and also maybe introduce you to this 
chapter on digestion in my book and some of the recipes in it as well. And I really think digestion is a great place to start because it really is the seat of health. And so if our digestion is not working well, then it can really have a snowball effect, I think, on other health issues in our body. And I mean, this is where we absorb our nutrition and our energy. And it's just, if it's a great place to always work on building health and focusing on the health of digestion. So if you're local and you're, and you're listening to this on time and you want to join in in the workshop this coming Wednesday uh, from 10.15 to 12.15 for some hands-on fun in the herb circle, you can register on my website, soladagoherbschool.com, or you can just send me an email or a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. Um, all of that you can find via Soladago Herb School as the tag or Soladago Herb School at Gmail to email me. So let's dive in to digestion. And I want to do a quick just run through of what actually happens when we eat and digest food. And I think it's... Um, you know, I think a lot of people, we know what happens when we digest, but I think it's just kind of good to think of it as a story. So I'm going to do a real brief overview, nothing too in-depth. But first process is we prepare our food. And that's actually a pretty important process, whether we're preparing it or someone else is preparing it for us. But if we are preparing it, then you know, we really are starting to, from the beginning of working with the raw um, food, the raw plant materials and cooking it, ideally, on the stovetop or in the oven. And that's really the first step in digestion. If we can cook our food before we eat it, then we are already starting to break it down, which is going to make it a lot easier on our digestive system. And we will be getting more nutrition from it especially from our plant foods. So the longer that we cook plant foods, really the more we're going to get from them because they're actually really, really tough to break those cell walls, those cell walls that are made of cellulose and that are actually very, very strong structures. And that's where the majority of the nutrition is, is inside those cell walls that we want to access. So it's hard for our body to break those cell walls. And so um, the more we can do it outside of our body first, the better off we are, especially if we're having digestive problems. Raw food is going to be, especially raw plant food, is going to be really, really hard to digest and can cause some digestive upset unto themselves. So first step is to, you know, work with the food outside of the body, cook it and connect with it, enjoy it, enjoy the smells and the visual aspect to start the preparation of your body to get ready to digest. And then once that food is cooked and on our plate, we 
put it in our mouth. And that's the next step. And in the mouth, um, we taste the food with our tongue, which is sends a lot of triggers to the brain and to our digestive system saying, okay, it's time to rev things up and get things going. And there's no taste like the bitter taste to really get the digestive system kicked into gear. Once we taste bitter food, it is, or bitter herbs, usually before bitter food, um, or before any food, then our whole body just knows, okay, it's time to digest. It's time to make sure that we are in working order because bitter food, bitter signifies to our brain that we might be eating something poisonous because poisons are bitter. And that puts us on alert and that says, okay, then we better be on our game, we got to get our liver going, we got to get our stomach acid going, we got to get our pancreatic enzymes ready, and our bile and everything needs to be in fully functioning order in case we are digest, you know, taking in a poison, then we're going to be ready to handle it to protect our body. So that's really why um, digestive bitters or herbal bitters are really beneficial for kicking off and getting the digestion geared up and ready to go. Then in our mouth, our food mixed with our some saliva, a little bit of enzymes, and then it gets swallowed and goes through our esophagus with peristalsis motion, which is this like wave-like motion of moving the food into and now into the stomach. And in the stomach, our food will mix with stomach acid, hydrochloric acid, and really get start to be broken down more into what's called chyme, which is like um, more of a liquid. And it breaks, starts to really break it down even more. And so if we don't have enough stomach acid, then sometimes it then the food doesn't break down enough and it will start to rot or ferment. Because from my understanding, you know, the food will stay in the stomach for maybe even up to four hours before it moves on. So that is time in the stomach. If it if it's not being worked on with stomach acid, it can really kind of start to rot or ferment and cause some gas and bubbling. And that can cause some acid reflux if the there's more gas and bubbling than the little stomach acid that is in the gut, that is in the stomach can kind of bubble up and out and start to, because we don't have nerve endings inside our stomach because we have acid in there. So we don't want to feel that. But we do have nerve endings inside our esophagus, um, which is right behind our heart. And so we can really feel that. And it feels like heartburn, but it's really the stomach acid coming up into our esophagus. We can also get acid reflux if the, the gate or the, the flap that 
holds what's in the stomach in the stomach if there's we- if that's weak if it doesn't close fully then the stomach acid can also while it's digesting the food um, bubble up a little bit and cause acid reflux so the bitter taste bitter herbs really help in both of those situations because not only can that bitter herb is like even if you taste bitter food you know that puckering it kind of like makes you like oh like your mouth kind of puckers. And from my understanding, what I've learned is that that can also cause that valve to pucker as well and to stay closed more easily. And also that bitter flavor can create, help the body to create more stomach acid because it's priming the pump, so to speak, and to get the stomach acid raring to go. So that's two reasons why that can be beneficial if you have um, issues with acid reflux. So there the food is. Now it's mixing with stomach acid in the stomach or hydrochloric acid, HCl. And when that's all ready and the body decides it's ready and you know after some time has passed, then it gets released through another valve. Um, into our small intestine, which has three different sections. And the first section of the small intestine is where we have um, bile that comes in from the gallbladder and pancreatic enzymes that come in through a liquid from the pancreas that come in at the top of the small intestine that then mix with the food Um, The chyme is what it's called, the food with some of that stomach acid. And that the bile and the enzymes then work more on that food to break it down. Now, digestive enzymes are pretty trendy. I know when I worked in in a natural pharmacy, one of our number one selling supplements was digestive enzymes. People bought them like crazy because they were feeling like it was what they needed to improve um, their digestive state. From what I understand, though, now is that there aren't many, if any, digestive enzymes that we will take that will actually survive the stomach acid in our stomach. And so really, you might just be throwing money away when you buy digestive enzymes, Really, um, be, you know, that's why the enzymes enter in after the stomach into the intestines from the pancreas. So there we have the stomach enzyme, the, sorry, the digestive enzymes and the bile. The bile specifically works on breaking down fatty foods and helping them to absorb properly. And the digestive enzymes help to break down other things, proteins and um sugars and whatever else. So then that starts to move down through um, into the second two parts of the small intestines. I guess the small intestines might be about 20 feet long or so. So it's quite the the movement um, through. And once it gets lower in the small intestines, then we get more into the absorption of the nutrients through the lining and into the lymph and into the blood. And 
that's where a lot of that absorption takes place. Now, from my understanding, we also have like a huge microbiome that lives in all of our intestines, our small intestines and our large intestine, but we don't really know very little about it. I mean, science, it's like we are just like so on the cusp of really discovering this huge ecosystem within our own body and the effects that it has on our on all aspects of our health, really. And from what I understand, the majority that we understand that we know of is um, the microbiome of our large intestine or what is found in uh, fecal matter. So it's actually like the sloughed off dead bacteria cells that we um, have been really discovering the most about. But I'm sure, I mean, that's like a whole huge science, a fascinating science, really, that we're just really starting to dive deeper into as humans. So a lot is going on there too, I think, with bacteria and there and then as well as the large intestine. And it's funny because as a little review before I did this podcast, I looked at like a couple short little YouTube videos and read a couple little articles on just like the digestive process. And I've maybe looked at four or five different things and the microbiome was not mentioned in any of them. And these were from like universities and what have you. But it was just funny to see like, oh, this is the digestive process, but we're not going to even mention anything about bacteria in the gut, which I think, from my understanding, plays a huge role in our ability to break down food um, and also assimilate it in into the gut. And not only that, but that they don't only break down the food, but they also eat it and transform it and turn it into things that we can then absorb. Like they also can turn that food into hormones, into other different vitamins than what is actually originally comes from that food. Just like when we ferment food um, outside of our body, Um, you know, if we ferment sauerkraut, then there's going to be a lot more and different vitamin and mineral structure and nutrient structure in that sauerkraut than there was originally in the cabbage because of the digestive process of the microbes that are in that sauerkraut. So the microbiome, the bacteria and yeasts and everything that are in our gut play a huge and important role that we don't fully or even understand the very minimal amounts we understand of the role that they play. But I know that it is a very huge role. So from the small intestine, then the food that was not assimilable, that we did not absorb, the nutrients that we did not absorb into our body, then it's like mostly the insoluble and soluble fibers, the fibers that we don't digest, then move into the large intestine, which I think I heard was like maybe eight or nine feet long, the colon. And it moves um, around the colon. And then, um, and as it does that, a lot of the moisture and the water is pulled out of it and it becomes 
um, more of a solid mass that we can then excrete through the rectum and the anus. And that's it. That's basically the food from start to finish in the digestive process. So the really key points of that that we can really kind of focus on when we want to improve the health of our digestive system is one, the tasting our food. Well, one is cooking our food really well, especially plant food to start to make it easy, easier on the whole process. And then the taste. So a bitter flavor on the tongue is really beneficial. So if we can have some sort of bitter before a meal, if we're having t- troubles with digestion, that's going to be really beneficial. And then something that's going to support um, your liver to produce and our pancreas to produce that bile and the enzymes and to deliver those to our system. And enzymes are so important in so many facets, in so many functions of our body that our bodies tend to be pretty on top of making enzymes from my understanding. But we can have issues with bile, and if the liver's not functioning optimally, um, or if it's overburdened with its other processes or with metabolizing excess stuff in the blood, then it might not be producing um, the right type of bile or that has like the right healthy bile. And so that can cause problems. But the liver, um, yeah, makes the bile and then it gets stored in the gallbladder and then released as needed. So supporting the liver is going to be really important. And then making sure we have enough stomach acid is going to be really helpful too. And then, um, Supporting the peristalsis, which is the action that moves the food through the small intestine. Supporting the microbiome, the gut bacteria, the healthy ecosystem within our gut that has played so many roles. And then also making sure we have enough fiber um, so that we can actually create a really nice uh, mass that can move through the colon and that can also feed the bacteria and microbes that are in the colon, the large intestine. So those are kind of the areas that we want to help. And then also keeping that lining of the intestine healthy, which is a mucous membrane from, if you can feel the inside of your cheek, that's like, from my understanding, that's like the mucous membrane. And that's what it is like all the way through. Uh, your digestive tract, and then you also have lots of cilia, which are like little hairs, which help with the with the absorption because it's a lot more surface area. With if you have like all these little hairs, and then it also helps with the peristalsis and the movement of the the food going through the system, and also is healthy, happy little homes for all those microbes. So making sure that the lining of the gut is um, intact and healthy, and so, uh, which is a mucous membrane. So all of those things can be helped and improved with herbs and also general lifestyle habits. 
So some general lifestyle habits as far as improving and keeping a healthy digestion. Um, Number one is understanding how connected our nervous system is with our digestive system. They are completely tied together and in really important ways. And one way is the difference between being in a parasympathetic state of our nervous system and a sympathetic state of our nervous system. And that's more commonly known as fight and flight versus rest and digest, although they're opposite from how I said it. So the fight and flight state, which is the sympathetic state, is when you are stressed or you feel unsafe or there's... um, You might not be stressed, but there's stressors in your environment as well. It could even be as simple as watching TV while you eat if you have a sensitive nervous system or driving while you're eating or, you know, being in a really awkward social environment that which can happen while we're eating. So all of those that can cause stress in our body, our body shuts down digestion. It doesn't want to digest. It wants to be able to send the blood out to the extremities, out to the legs and the arms. So if you need to fight with your arms or run with your legs, you can do that. Um, It's also focusing on more adrenaline and cortisol hormone release than it is going to be focusing on uh, digestive enzymes and bile release. So it's kind of like your body, really, it's hard for it to do both things at once. So the fight or flight is, a, it's an important state for the nervous system for dealing with stressful situations, but it's really not a healthy state to be in chronically, and it's really not a healthy state to be in when we're digesting. So the rest and digest, the parasympathetic state, is where we want to be when we're eating and digesting our food. And this is the the blood is going to be more central in the body. The circulation is going to be more circled around the digestive system and the stomach and the intestines. And our body feels safe, so it feels like okay, I can I can work on you know this food and work on digesting properly. So not eating when you're stressed or really taking time to kind of sit and calm and find a, find a state of serenity before eating, not eating around a lot of loud noises or flashing lights or movement um, can also be really helpful for easing digestion. Another uh, important lifestyle aspect is As I said, cooking your food is really important, so I won't harp on that too much more, but we really want to cook our vegetables ideally for like an hour, whether they're slow roasted or simmered in a little bit of water for a long time. It's like really important for really easy digestion or soups and stews or meals in the slow cooker, things like that. And then 
other things, other things. So we also really want to focus on the health of the microbiome. So to do that, eating high fiber foods, which are going to be plant foods, usually well-cooked plant foods, and also eating, uh, you know, making sure we're ingesting enough fluid as well. And prebiotic food is one of the most common ones is inulin, which is this like undigestible by us, uh, sugary starch, but it is very digestible by our microbes and they just eat it up and they love it. So it keeps them really healthy. And inulin is often found in roots, um, like as far as herbal roots that it's found in would be uh, burdock root, elecampane root, echinacea root, dandelion root, um, and then also sunchokes have a huge amount of inulin in them. Also, also known as Jerusalem artichokes which is kind of like the tuber of a sunflower-like plant. Sometimes too much inulin can make us a little gassy um, because, and same with beans, like those, those beans, those microbes love to eat them, but they can, the, it can cause the microbes to release gas. And then that gives us kind of gas buildup that we also need to release, which can be uncomfortable or um, unpleasant. Also, other ways that we can help support our microbiome is by eating microbes in small amounts, like with fermented foods. So <clears throat> sauerkrauts, uh, your um, lacto-fermented vegetables of any sort can be really beneficial. Again, in small amounts or even yogurt and cultured foods like yogurt, kefir, a little bit of kombucha. I've always, I've gone through kombucha phases where I've like been like, oh, kombucha, drink it all the time. And then I'm like, oh, it's too much. It's just too much <laughs> of the kombucha because then I feel like it actually can kind of irritate my digestive process. So uh, small amounts, but in a regular basis is really beneficial. And then, yeah, they just, they love fiber. Eating um, food, obviously, so focusing more on well-cooked vegetables, whole grains, beans, lentils, um, is going to be really helpful for digestion. And eating less uh, white foods, like sugary, refined, white flours, white sugar, uh, hydrogenated fats. I mean, these are all things that I think are relatively known. Any sort of raw fruit or raw fruit juice can also be hard on the digestive process as well. Cooked cooked fruit is great, but raw fruit can be quite irritable, irritating. And yeah, the digestive bitters at the beginning of the meal or even at the end of a meal, or even like a salad, like a, a bitter green salad with like radicchio and endive and some olive oil and a little vinegar and lemon juice. 
And then also like keeping to a schedule of eating, I think can be really helpful for the body. The body likes patterns and it likes to know what to expect, I feel. So if you can stick with a schedule of generally when you eat, it doesn't have to be, I mean, whatever works for you, but as long as it's relatively similar day to day, that can also be really helpful for your body to kind of get into a rhythm of eating and know what to expect and when to expect it. So now I'm going to talk about some herbs. Um, so a few herbs that I really like, categories of herbs that I like for digestion that you can really think about really easily is one category of herb are aromatic herbs, herbs that have these fragrances and volatile oils. So herbs that are in the mint family are classic, especially these are herbs that are already traditionally included into cuisine of cultures around the world. So like basil, thyme, oregano, mint, all of these herbs that have these aromatic oils in them. Aromatic oils can help to ease cramping and gas and bloating and um, can just help the digestive process move along more smoothly. Plus, they can be antimicrobial. So if you have um, ingested any foodborne bacteria that we don't want in our digestion, then they can possibly help to eliminate those. Other things that I think of as aromatics are the aromatic seeds, which are spices, so also commonly used in cooking, but like fennel, caraway, cumin, dill, coriander, all of those can also be really helpful in cases of gas or bloating or cramping, um, anything like that. And even just making simple teas with any of those, those aromatics, the water can really extract those aromatic oils really nicely. Um, also tinctures can as well. So that's one category of herbs. The next category of herbs would be the mucilaginous demulcent emollient herbs. And emollient is more topical soothing. Demulcent is internal soothing, and they're both mucilaginous. They tend to be mucilaginous. So herbs that are kind of slimy or have that slimy texture to them. Some of my favorites are linden blossom or marshmallow leaf or root, uh, violet leaf, and even plantain leaf. So those can be really soothing and healing to the mucous membrane that lines the gut, which I said was really important for the health of our digestion. So if there's any ulcers or inflammation of any type in the gut, then these mucilaginous herbs, slippery elm is another one, can be very, very healing and soothing and uh, cooling 
to the mucous membranes and restoring. And then the bitter herbs, which I have mentioned already, but the bitter herbs, especially the bitter roots, I like like dandelion root, uh, yellow dock root, and burdock root are the classics. And those uh, can just be very, um, very supportive for metabolism and digestion overall. Very supportive of the liver functions. Very helpful for people who have acid reflux or who have issues with constipation because they can really help with the peristalsis motion. And overall, uh, just really help to keep digestion active. So some of the top herbs, like I said, would be, and that I'll probably be that are like really easily accessible. Like it really doesn't have to be difficult. And if we think about how many digestive complaints are out there and how simple it is um, to work with dandelion, dandelion, any part of the dandelion plant, and you can harvest it at any time of year, can be really helpful and can make really beneficial medicine for digestion. Even the root harvested in the middle of the summer is totally fine. Uh, I know mostly when we're harvesting roots, we want to do it in the early spring or late fall, but dandelion is one of these really giving plants where that root is kind of always ready to go. It never really gets super woody. It might change in flavor. It might actually get more bitter in the summertime and then sweeter uh, in the late fall as it's and in the early spring because it has a lot of stored sugars at that point to get it through the winter or that it has had leftover to get through the winter. And then in the summer, it's going to be more bitter, which might be what we're going for. Um, also, but it never really gets woody. So where burdock root, um, that is another bitter root that I love. And it's so, so high in inulin. So really beneficial for feeding those microbes. But you can't really harvest it in the middle of the summer because it's just, it's either going to be super small because it's in the first year plant or it's going to be very woody because the second year plant is already taking all of that, everything that's in the root and is using it to create the stalk of the plant and the seeds, the flower head. So dandelion is probably my number one uh, root for digestion. And then peppermint, peppermint, spearmint, and any of those work great. And they can be easily found. You can easily just buy mint tea bags in the grocery store. And there is a reason why most restaurants are going to offer mint tea as an option as well whether they realize it or not. But mint is really a great aromatic herb that can ease digestion, also calm the nervous system, help us get more into a parasympathetic state, the more rest and digest state, and is um, 
just can help to ease any sort of cramping or pain or gas or bloating or even nausea in the intestines and stomach. Another herb that I talk a lot about in the book and that is very accessible is ginger, ginger root. Very accessible in the grocery store. If you live somewhere tropical, um, you can easily grow it, but otherwise it is accessible in most grocery stores, whether it's dried ginger root from the spice section or fresh ginger root from the produce section. And or even crystallized ginger candies, ginger chews, any of these things. Now, ginger is pretty spicy. So if you have like a lot of burning feeling or acid reflux um, or inflammation, then it might not be the best herb of choice because it is quite warming. Dried ginger is a lot more heating than fresh ginger is. But it makes a really nice tea, and it's really well known for easing any sort of nausea or pain. And so that's really nice. And it can be very warming. It can also help to bring the blood to the stomach and intestines. And then those aromatic seeds, which also are really accessible, um, relatively easy to grow, especially fennel, dill, coriander. Um, and then they're also very easy to find in any grocery store because, again, these are just common cooking spices. And it's not only that they taste great that we cook with them, but because they also can really aid in digestion. So any of those herbs, and I really like to make a tea with them. It's very easy. You just take a couple tablespoons um, of the seeds, it could be one seed or a variety of seeds mixed together, and put them in a thermos or in a mason jar, and then pour boiling water over them and cover them tightly with the lid, and just let them steep even just for 10 or 20 minutes. And the seeds usually are heavy enough, and especially when they absorb the water, that they just kind of fall to the bottom of your thermos, and then you can just kind of have that um, especially if it's in a thermos, it stays hot all day and you just sip on it, sip on it all day, uh, or after every meal, or if you just have chronic indigestion or bloating or cramps, um, it can really help to ease those. And then finally, um, for the mucilaginous herb, I think one of the most popular one is uh, marshmallow root. And that's, not as accessible. You kind of have to order it online through through a you know Frontier Co-op Herbs or Mountain Rose or someone, or you can go to your local health food store, local food co-op, and they probably have it in the bulk herb section. It's an herb that is relatively easy to grow, but then you have to harvest the root. Um, if you're going to do marshmallow roots, so you have to kill it to do that. But you could also just harvest the marshmallow leaves if you wanted and work with those. And, you know, linden infusion, linden blossom infusion is also, I find, really wonderful mucilaginous 
infusion. And so with the mucilaginous herbs, you want to extract it into water. So a nice, strong, nourishing infusion is great. Um, these mucilaginous herbs, they don't tend to have a lot of aromatic oils. They just tend to be pretty sweet and slimy. So weighing out an ounce of the plant material, dried plant material, and putting it in a quart jar and covering it. You could even just cover it with cold water because the mucilaginous material or constituents really extract best in cool water. Uh, and just let it sit for 48 hours. I personally like to start with a hot infusion. Um, and then, so I'll, so I'll weigh out my herb, my marshmallow root, weigh it out and pour boiling water on it. And then I'll let it sit for the eight hours or until it comes to room temperature. And then I'll put it in the fridge for like another four hours or so. And just to really get that cold infusion as well. I just feel like Pouring the hot water over it will help extra if there are any minerals or other vitamins or phytonutrients. Um, you'll get you'll get those, and then if there happens to be any pathogen on the plant material, because who knows where it came from or how it's been handled, then that boiling water kills that, which I I appreciate instead of just kind of soaking it in cold water. But you can just soak it in cold water to get that mucilaginous property to from it. So in my book, Drinkable Healing Herbal Infusions, 100 Beverages to Soothe Your Ailments and Boost Your Immunities, I do go into each of those herbs. And I... Um, had some recipes. I wanted to just read a couple of the recipes titles for you so you knew what was in here and just to give you some ideas of really simple things that you could make um, with some really common herbs that can help to support healthy digestion. So I have uh, mint and chamomile to sane to ease the belly. Ginger syrup to ease an upset stomach. Ginger blueberry shrub for better digestion. After dinner, ginger and mint tisane. Aromatic seed tisane to relieve gas pain. A pre-meal dandelion orange and fennel bitters. A soothing tisane with lemon balm and catnip. And that really helps to also bring us more into a parasympathetic rest and digest state. These, a lot of these aromatic mint herbs, mint family herbs, which lemon balm and catnip are both mint family herbs. Also, not only do they help digestion, but they also really help to calm the nervous system so it's easier for us to digest food. Burdock root chai for a healthy gut. Marshmallow root infusion to coat and di to coat the digestive tract. Roasted dandelion root decoction to ease heartburn. And there's a few more recipes in there as well for the digestive chapter, digestion chapter. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Herb Podcast. 
if you have or if you realized that you kind of missed me last week and thought, oh, I kind of missed not having a new installment of the Healthy Herb uh, herbal inspiration from Bridget last week. Well, maybe write, write a little, I would be grateful if you would write a little review or rate the podcast on iTunes, even just with a quick hitting the, the stars button. If you are so inclined to share the podcast with a friend, I would be grateful or even share it on your social media. I'd be so thankful. Just getting the word out there. Um, You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, my website, where you can sign up for an informational and inspirational newsletter. All, you can find all that through Solidago Herb School is my tag. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube